Well, hello and welcome to episode number 68 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges involved in making first contact in international projects. Um, so as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, feel free to sign up for our regular newsletter, find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So one of the big challenges for many people when they first start in a new virtual team or in a new international project environment is actually making contact with their virtual colleagues. Um, It can seem very straightforward. You sort of think, oh yeah, just pick the phone up, ring the person, dial them up on whatever your um, video conference equipment is, or if you've got desktop to desktop video conferencing, whatever, just you know, just just get a hold of them. But the reality is that there are many, many things that can get in the way of being able to do that. I mean, one of the first ones that comes to mind, of course, is that you may not even know who you need to talk to at the other end. You may not know their role. You may not know where they sit in the hierarchy, both in the formal and in the informal hierarchy in the other organisation. You may not even know if it's culturally appropriate for them, for you to reach out to them. Um, and this can, this cultural imbalance within project teams can lead to all sorts of um, of strange things happening. If you were to reach out to somebody at a, at a at too much of a higher social structure within their cultural environment, then they may be offended by that and that could bias the rest of your dealings with them going forward through the entire rest of the project and beyond. Equally, if they're a long way down in the social hierarchy, it can cause very strange um, um, sort of side effects with people around them and with the individuals themselves. And as I say, you may not even know who they are. So I guess there's a few thoughts that we put together on this on the article that goes with this and in this uh, in this following podcast that hopefully will give you a few pointers of things just just things to consider so the first challenge of course is that communications when most projects are being established how people within that project are going to communicate often comes a very 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 low on the list of priorities for the project managers for the organization managers and so forth what can happen is they'll work through and they'll work out what they're going to do for the technical scope for the job. They'll work out what they're going to do for the commercial scope, for the schedule, for risk management, um, for formal communications in as much as 
how they're going to manage and share information with clients and with partner and businesses and so forth. The actual communication within the team, however, that can often not even rate on the list of things that a project manager and his or her team will work through when they're kicking a job off. It's simply assumed because many, many projects and the people managing many of these projects come from a climate and an environment where everybody was co-located. So in people's minds, by default, the assumption is that people will know each other, they'll be co-located, that their cultural differences will be close enough that for them it's simply a case of assuming that people will communicate with one another without actually thinking that sometimes, in fact, often you need some form of formalised introductions between people to start to set up these, these meetings. So that's the first challenge. The first challenge is to get the senior people within the organisational structure to recognise that they even have something that they need to address. Once that has been achieved and the and people have recognised that they need to start to think about how these things are going to happen, the next thing is to just work out how it's going to happen, who is going to make the introductions, in what kind of an environment, who will be introduced to whom, and then going forwards, how those people will maintain the contact and relationships that they've established. So in in the ideal world, this first contact would be achieved by bringing everybody together in one location. People would spend some time there, whether it be a few hours or a couple of days or even longer, getting to know one another, getting to understand what each of them brings to the work and how they differ both from a cultural and from a personal perspective, so that they can work out how they're going to talk to one another, who needs to talk to who, and what they need to talk about. Now, of course, that ideal situation is increasingly hard as projects get larger and more geographically scattered. You wouldn't, for instance, bring together everybody if you had a thousand people working on on a project with a low margin that was scattered into... Uh, four different continents around the world the physical cost of bringing all those people to one place would just be pre, uh, would just preclude it being even considerable so what you would then start to do is you would look to see okay who who should we bring together and those who we can't bring together how can we form introductions for those so you would bring together in those situations the key personnel, so key contact people within each office, um, the managers from each of the offices and, and so forth. And then hopefully you would run a few workshops, get people to, to get to know one another and so forth. Now there can of course be challenges here because often one thing which will get in the way in terms of working out who's going to go is seniority within an organisation. So you'll often find, for instance, that people get to make these journeys and get to meet their virtual colleagues, even though, well, they'll get to meet them because they are in senior roles within the business, rather than because they have a genuine business imperative to meet their virtual colleagues. So sometimes the people who should be making these trips and should be doing these meetings don't get that opportunity simply because they're not senior enough. And the people who do go don't need it because they've either already met them or because they're just not in a role within the overall team that requires them to have those sorts of discussions. 
So you need to make sure the right people are on the planes or on the buses or on the trains or however your people travel around to get to these meetings. And those people then will be the ones who will hold most of the communications activities as the project progresses. So having having then had the right people gathered together, you need to work out what they're going to discuss, how they're going to get to know each other, spend some time together in a, in a social setting as well as in a formal work setting so that they can build relationships and through those relationships build the trust that they need to move forward with the project. Now this establishing the trust can also be a challenge of course because trust is built differently in different social and different cultural backgrounds so you need ways where people build trust in a way that they trust that trust they need to find ways that uh, that that will be beneficial for everybody so that's the first part of the challenges for all of this now the next one is okay who should make these contacts and and when now if if for instance you're new into a project and the project is already running then the recommendation would be to find out as quickly as you can who you need to talk to and where and then get them on the phone or don't drop them an email or whatever consult with your colleagues around where you're sitting and and sometimes you'll have specialists within an organization who can also offer you guidance in terms of how best to deal with particular people how to understand the cultures that you're going to be talking to how to approach people how to structure conversations and so forth so that everybody gets the most from it but yeah as soon as you know that you need to be dealing with people contact them as quickly and as and as effectively as you can this is as i say assuming that you've missed the boat either because you weren't in a role where you were deemed necessary to make the journey to meet with people or where you've joined the project late or where you've changed roles and so forth um so the electronic mediated communications is the fallback if you don't have access to actual face to face if you don't have the budgets and if you don't have the time to travel to meet with other people then some form of electronic communications is the definite fallback that you need to use now we've talked elsewhere in this podcast and in other articles on the Old Fire website about the differences of these different forms of communication. So I would certainly refer you to those articles and uh, and podcasts if if that's something that you've got um, questions over. Um, team building. You can run all sorts of different team building exercises if necessary to get people to talk. But fundamentally, if you're if you're at the point where it's a one-on-one where you're wanting to talk to a virtual colleague somewhere else then you should be um you should be having a conversation just directly just the two of you and and then move on from there start to share a little bit of of, of external from work things that are going on as well just to make your make yourself seem a little bit more like a human rather than a disembodied voice on a on a plastic box on a desk but just work through and try and build that relationship as well as you can and as quickly as you can. Now, once you've got that conversation started, the other thing that you really do need to work on is to maintain that conversation. There's no point at all, for instance, in in, in meeting someone at a either either actually meeting them or virtually meeting them, even though and then even though you need to be dealing with them regularly, that you simply stop communicating until it's absolutely vital you need to be talking to people 
even if it's just a quick how you're doing sort of a call every couple of weeks or every month or so just to maintain an open channel so that they feel comfortable coming back to you as much as you feel comfortable going to them so there are many challenges around this making of the first contact and um, we've tried to cover a few of them in this in this uh, blog post but uh, obviously there's, there's, there's many other challenges that may occur as time goes by now if you do have some other challenges that, that we haven't covered in this today please of course feel free to, uh, to get in touch and um, we'll see what we can do to help um, the contact details are on the website and the website address is www.ulfire.com.au of course, if you're on the website, we'd certainly love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed. There's a page on the site with links to all of the different sign-up platforms for podcasts. And um, we very much look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.